0: I searched for peace among the shadows, dark and lonely. Gave up on finding that strong and lasting love. I tasted all the things that sin.
1: One lowly stable So a heavenly king In a manger was born This Bethlehem
2: night
1: One Bethlehem night A star shining saw, but he didn't come down in glory and splendor, but as a carpenter's son who one day would build our eternal home. This child born a king forever to reign, one
2: that night. him This child born a king forever to
1: mercy and grace that's why we give glory and honor to his name the world sees a baby in a manger filled with hay but we see a savior who washed our sins away that's why we praise him That's why we love him That's why we adore him Oh, the night that he arrived There was no room in the inn He was truly despised a pain to most of the have been saved by His mercy and grace that's why we give glory and honor to His name the world sees a baby in a manger filled with hay but we see a Savior who washed our sins away that's why That's why we adore
2: him. That's why we
3: adore him. Amen. You enjoy those songs this morning, weren't they great? Amen. You know, I'm so thankful that, you know, what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. That we can celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. It's not about what we might receive from a worldly standpoint, but think about the greatest gift that's ever been given to man, and that through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Just thank the Lord. Uh, for His goodness, for His mercy, and for His grace. Uh, last Sunday, we were in 1 Kings 18. I want you to go back there, and uh, I'm going I'm to kind of go over just a little bit, briefly, some things we looked at last week. But we came to a place, and we stopped. And we've got to go further. But uh, last week, we... The thought was this, it's time to decide. You know, there's so many people today uh, that's so undecided. A lot of people are sitting on our church pews uh, that are undecided. And uh, so we need to really look at this Scripture this morning and think about this. Uh, But we're living, uh, some of the older preachers years ago used to make this statement, said we're in the Saturday evening of time. And uh, certainly if we look at Scripture, we read Scripture, and uh, we look at the things that are taking place in our world today, uh, we know that we are in the last days. You know, uh, if you read Second Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, in writing to young Timothy, uh, he told him, he said, in the last days, perilous times are going to come. And he gives a list there. And that list, if you'll get, when you get home, if you'll read that list, you can see all of these things that are taking place uh, even today. In Second Timothy chapter number 4, uh, Paul charged Timothy and he told him, he said, Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. He says, For the time will come when they'll not endure sound doctrine, but they'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and shall be turned from the truth unto fables. And we can see those things uh, all taking place uh, in our day and age and in our time. But the most important thing today, I know that we're concerned, and I believe we ought to be uh, concerned, with world events and what is happening in the Middle East. If you'll look in, at a history of Israel, and if you'll uh, study out the Word of God uh, concerning Israel, they are God's chosen people. And they're God's time clock. You can look at how that God dealt with Israel in days past and, and how that He's going to continue uh, to deal with Israel in days ahead. We live in the best time uh, that's ever been. We're in the dispensation of grace. Uh, we're in the time of the Gentiles. It's a time that, that God is calling out a bride uh, for Jesus Christ. And it's made up primarily of Gentiles, those that have been born again, saved by God's grace. And one day, very soon, I believe the Lord is going to call the church out, the the bride. His bride's going to be ready. His bride's going to be complete. And He's going to call them out. And and we're going to go and meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Looking forward uh, to that. But in the day and age, and the hour in which we live, there's so many that are undecided. Undecided about things. And so we started this last week, uh, last Sunday morning. And I want us to to finish this out. I don't want to leave anything that is not uh, clear uh, this morning. But in 1 Kings chapter number 18, and I want us to begin reading with verse 16, if you're able to do so, would you stand... Uh, for the reading of God's Word this morning. In verse 16 it says, So Obadiah went to meet Ahab, and told him, And Ahab went to meet Elijah. came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that you forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and has followed Balaam. And Elijah, speaking to King Ahab, says this, verse 19, Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent and all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, listen to this very closely, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. And the people answered him, not a word. The thought is this, it's time to decide. It's it's time to make a decision. And if you not made that decision in your life today, this would be a good day and a good time to make that decision uh, to follow the Lord. The question was asked, how long halt ye between two opinions? Many people say, well, I want to do this, but I want to do it on my terms. I want to do this, but I want to do it somewhere on down the road. Or people say, well, I plan to. You know, I plan to do this, I plan to get things straightened out. I I plan to get things uh, right with God sometime or another. I've even had people to tell me on, on their deathbed, well, if I can just get up from here and get better, then I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to tell you what, if you won't follow Him when you're well, you're not going to follow Him when you're sick. Just because He allowed you to get up out of that bed. So I want you to think about that. How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for the Word of God. Speak to each of our hearts this morning. Help us, Lord, I pray, not to straddle a fence, but help us to make that definite decision in our hearts and lives today. And to You be all the honor and all the glory In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We saw that last week, that Ahab and the sin of Israel, and what had taken place. If you go back into the book of Judges, it tells us there what the children of Israel had done. It said they had done evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. They had forsaken God and the God of their fathers, which had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and the gods of the people, they began to follow other gods, the gods of the people that were round about them. And they bowed themselves unto them. And the Bible says they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the Bible said the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. He delivered them into the hands of the spoilers, that spoiled them, sold them to the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whethersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. As the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and the Bible says, and they were greatly distressed. In First Kings chapter 16, we're told that Ahab marries Jezebel. Jezebel was a Canaanite woman. And as a result of that union, uh, Ahab and the children of Israel, they were worshipping Baal. And the Bible says that Ahab even made a grove uh, there to Baal. And so when we get over here in the 18th chapter of 1 Kings, and Elijah, there had, they had been no rain on the earth for three and a half years. And we see that it was because of the sin of Israel. And it's because they were halting between two opinions. And there was no rain. And the Bible said there was a great famine that was going on in the land as a result of that. And we see here in chapter number 18 that God tells Elijah to go and show himself Uh, to Ahab, and he says, then I'll send rain upon the earth. And so Elijah goes, shows himself to Ahab, and Ahab asked Elijah, said, are you he that troubleth Israel? And he said, it's not me, but it's you and your father's house, and that you've forsaken God, and that you're serving Baal. It's, It's your... Fault that this is going on. It's because of your actions that this is taking place. And so no rain had come. We found last week in chapter 17 that there was a widow that had helped sustain uh, Elijah with the things that he needed. She had a son, her son died. And we know that Elijah went and restored life back to her son. And this widow woman made this statement. She says, Now I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. She made that profession that the things that Elijah was saying, the word of the Lord that was in his mouth was truth. And so that's where we got to last week. But I want us to look at what happens after this And I'm going to give it to you very briefly. But in verses 22 through 24, we find that all the prophets of Baal, 450 of them, were there on Mount Carmel. And Elijah says to the people, he says, I even I only remain a prophet of the Lord. He said, but Baal's Baal's prophets are 450 men. Elijah said, let them give us two bullocks. Let them choose one bullock for themselves. Let them cut it in pieces. Let them lay it on the wood and put no fire under. And he said, I'll dress the other bullock. Lay it on wood, put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods. Little g, plural. And he says, I'll call on the name of the Lord he says, and the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. So we see this, there's a contest going to go on and take place on Mount Carmel. And the Bible said in verse 25 through 29, notice the what happens here. Elijah tells the prophets of Baal that they're to choose a bullock. They were to dress it. They were to call on the name of their gods. They were to not put any fire under it. The Bible said that those prophets of Baal, they took their bullock, they dressed it, they called on the name of Baal from morning to noon. They were crying out and saying, "Oh Baal, hear us. But the Bible said there's no voice nor any that answered. And the Bible said they began to leap on the altar that they had made. At noontime, Elijah began to mock them. And Elijah said, cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he's talking, or he's pursuing, or he's in a journey, or peradventure he's asleep and must be awake. The Bible said they cried, the prophets of Baal cried aloud, cut themselves after their manner with knives and lances, till the blood gushed out upon them. said it came to pass when midday was past, they prophesied to the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. There was neither voice, nor any dancer, nor none that regarded nothing. You know what? That's exactly what an idol is. Is absolutely nothing. But the children of Israel called on, and he said, how, how long halt you between two opinions? If God's God, serve him. If Baal's God, serve him. You either serve God or you serve nothing. Bottom line, bottom line. Look at verse number 30. Elijah calls on all the people, said, you come. All the people came near to him. Elijah repairs the altar that had been broken down. Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribe, the sons of Jacob. Under whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. With the stones he builds an altar in the name of the Lord. He makes a trench around that altar. He says it's as great as would contain two measures of seed. He put the wood in order, cut the bullet in pieces, laid him on the wood. He told him, said, fill four barrels with water. Pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood, and then he told them, "said Do it a second time," and they did. He said, "Do it a third time," and they did it the third time. Twelve barrels of water, and the Bible says the water ran about the altar, and it said he filled the trench also with water. Can you imagine what everybody was thinking? when Elijah was doing this. This is impossible. This is impossible. Twelve barrels of water put on this offering. All the wood, everything was soaking wet. There was a trench around it. it even filled it up with water. This is an impossibility. But wait. The Bible said it came to pass that to offering an evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Listen to his prayer. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that Thou art God in Israel, and that I am Thy servant, and I have done all these things at Thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that Thou art the Lord God, and that Thou hast turned their heart back again and the Bible says then then the fire of the Lord fell consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench and notice when all the people saw this Notice what the people did. They began to cry out and say, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. God showed Himself on Mount Carmel. And Elijah says, You go after the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one of them escape. And they slew that day 450 prophets of Baal. In 1995, I went to the Holy Land. I stood on Mount Carmel, on the top of Mount Carmel, and just looked around that place. I thought about this Scripture, and I thought about the contest between Elijah and... The one man of God and all the prophets of Baal, 450, 400 prophets of the groves were there. All Israel was gathered there. And I thought about the contest that they had. And you know what? That day, in Elijah's day, God showed Himself. He showed Himself that He was real. He showed Himself that He alone is God. I want to tell you something today, church. He's still showing Himself. He still shows Himself every day. We worry about things that we have no control over. But I want to tell you this, God's still on the throne. He's still seated on the throne. He's still just as real uh, today as He was in Elijah's day. But I believe that God is calling on people today. He's calling on you and I today not to halt between two opinions. We cannot serve God and serve the world. We cannot serve God and be tangled up in the things of the world. We've got to make a choice. We've got to make a decision. How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, serve Him. One last thing I want you to look at. Go back to Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua took Moses' place. Moses died. He was allowed to see the promised land. He was not allowed to enter into the promised land. After Moses' death, God placed Joshua to take Moses' place. And He gives him a task. And that task is to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. In chapter 1, there's several things that I just want to show you briefly. I'm not going to read all these verses. The Lord speaks unto Joshua in verse 1. In verse 2, He says that Moses is dead. He says, Now therefore arise, telling Joshua, said, You go over this Jordan and all this people unto the land that I do give them, even to the children of Israel. He tells them at every place the sole of your foot steps. is going to be yours. Verse 5, he says this, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. He says, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. God told Joshua, "said I'll not fail you. I'll not forsake you. He tells him in verse 6, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Then he tells him again in the very next verse only be thou strong and very courageous. He tells him in verse number 8 this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for thou shalt make for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. God promised him good success. He says, "Have not I commanded thee?" He said, "Be strong and of good courage." That's the third time. Be not afraid, be that, be not dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever so thou goest. If you'll read through the book of Joshua, you'll find that on this journey. Joshua and the children of Israel faced many challenges. In the sixth chapter there was a place called Jericho that there was to go in but there was a problem. There was a huge wall around Jericho and God instructed Joshua that to take the children of Israel and march around every day, march around those walls one time. But on the Seventh day, they were to march around it six times. And then on the seventh time, they were to shout with a shout. And the walls fell flat. Challenge met. Challenge overcome. As they went on their journey, the very next chapter, after that great victory there in Jericho, the very next chapter, you'll find that children of Israel didn't even pray or anything. Some of them went up and they looked and they looked at a place called Ai. And they said, there's not any reason for us to send everybody up to battle. They said, it's just a little one. It's just a little place. And 3,000 soldiers of Israel went up against Ai. And Ai defeated them. They ran from the people of Ai. Joshua comes back he falls on his face. Thirty-six men of the children of Israel died that day. Joshua comes back, falls on his face. And the Lord asked him, said, what are you doing on your face? And he said, talk to him about why that they had had to flee from their enemy. Why that they had not been victorious. And God told Joshua, said, get up from there. He said there's sin in the camp. There was a man named Achan. The children of Israel were told they were not to take anything out of Jericho. It was to be destroyed. Everything was to be destroyed. But as a man named Achan, saw some things that he wanted. He desired to have took it, carried it back, and hid it in his own tent among his own stuff. As a result of that one man's sin, of that one man's sin, The entire camp of the children of Israel suffered. They suffered defeat that day. Thirty-six men lost their lives. And until God told Joshua, until that's taken care of, you're not going to be successful in your battles anymore. That sin has to be dealt with. You know, that's why it's so important for us. The Bible tells us, if we'll confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wipes the slate clean. The children of Israel's sin and disobedience cost them something. I want to tell you this our sin and disobedience cost us something. It cost somebody something. I've had people tell me, say, preacher, it's not affecting anybody else. I'm going to tell you what it is. It is. Thirty-six men died as a result of Achan's sin. We find that Achan and his family were discovered. God was in that. They were taken out and they were stoned. And there was a heap of stones left. Yes, Joshua faced challenges all along the way. He faced difficult times. All the children of Israel did. When there seemed not to be a way, you know what? God made a way. And He still does the same thing. In Joshua 21, listen to what happens here. Remember what God promised Joshua in chapter 1. In Joshua 21, it says in verse 43, The Lord gave unto Israel all the land which He swore to give unto their fathers, And they possessed it and dwelt therein. Verse 44. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all He sware unto their fathers. There stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies in their hand. Verse 45. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass how long halt you between two opinions if God be God serve him if Baal be God serve him or follow him Joshua's life was coming to an end and in chapter 24 he says this came down to the end of his life and he challenges Israel and he testifies to Israel this listen in Joshua 24, he said he gathered all the tribes to Shechem, called for the elders of Israel and all their heads to come together. They presented themselves before God. And Joshua tells from verse 2 through verse 13 how God had blessed them and how God had been with them and how God had supplied all their needs. And he gives them this challenge. Listen to what he says. In verse 14, Joshua 24, 14. He says, Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And he says this, But it's for me and my house we'll serve the Lord. We'll serve the Lord. How long halts you between two opinions? How long? It's time to decide. It's time to make that choice. It's time to make that decision. It's time to be fully committed. You know, ask yourself this question this morning. If you're saved by God's grace, ask yourself this question. Am I really committed to God? Huh? Am I really committed to God? I hope you realize this, that our churches are only as strong as the families that make it up. So I want to ask you men this morning, can you make a statement and a testimony like Joshua made? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Can you make that statement? Do you have that testimony? I want to ask you this question. Has there ever been a time that God has let you down? Huh? Has there ever been a time that God has let you down? He may not do exactly what we think He ought to do. But I want to tell you what. The Bible tells us in Romans 8.28, it says, For we know that all things, not part of them, it says all things work together for good of those that love the Lord to the called according to His purpose. He'll never let you down. I promise you that. He'll always be there He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll always be right there. Choose you this day. Whom you going to serve? Can you say as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. I don't know how God may have spoken to your heart this morning but we're going to stand to our feet. We're going to have a time of invitation. Mitch, if y'all will come, and I ask you to be obedient to the Lord. First of all, if you're here this morning, never been saved by God's grace, God's speaking to your heart this morning. You don't have to tell me a thing, but would you come this morning and just bow on this altar and say, "Lord, I want you. I want you as my Lord." And Savior. When I got saved, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to pray. only thing I knew is I was a sinner in need of a Savior. And I just came and knelt. And I said, Lord, forgive me of my sin. And save me. Please, save my soul. And I've never been the same since. And He's never let me down. And He'll do the same for you. Come this morning. Come. You may be here this morning and you say, well, I'm, I know I'm saved. But I want to ask you this. Are you serving the Lord? Is it just every once in a while? Or just whenever you think you have time? Are you really committed in serving the Lord? We need to be committed to Him. Everything else, if we'll put Him first, everything else will fall into place. Amen?
2: Right.
3: If we'll put Him first. Be obedient to the Lord. Maybe you've got somebody on your heart that you burden for. You want to come and pray. Come. Maybe you've got a need in your life that nobody knows anything about. You just want to bring that to the Lord. Come this morning. Be obedient to Him as we sing together, Mitch.